people of the world, hello and welcome to the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, where our purpose is a simple one. Tune into our weekly podcast each Friday, wherever you listen to your favorite programs or on this website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice as the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. To reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions, we're at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name, and if you care to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned for details about our upcoming news and perspective show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. And here we are again on The Brothers Talk, and we are happy to be back with you discussing issues of relevance and concern to our community. We are really excited this week about the relaunching Black Wall Street Initiative, and we can't wait to get started with that. But once again, here are co-hosts, Scott and Norm. Hey, family. Like Rod said, we're very excited about last week's show. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback, and we're ready to dive in and continue going forward. And again, thank you, fam. I just want to say this will not work unless we love each other. All right. So as most of you know, we launched the initiative relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide. And we were just overwhelmed by the amount of positive support, positive feedback, the text messages, the email messages, the phone calls, the conversations that we've got. Everything has been positive and overwhelmingly so. So we wanted to just take a moment and just go back through some of the comments, some of the things that people have said and share some of that with you and some of the things that we had in terms of text messages where people just said that they were greatly impressed with the idea that we were looking to provide a solution in this racial pandemic that's going on. And with the coronavirus still happening in our midst, they're happy that there is a strategy that is being thought of. We were a little bit surprised that more people weren't aware of the original Black Wall Street, but then we also acknowledge the fact that it's not by accident that it isn't necessarily a topic that's covered in our history books. So that is also a success because more and more people are now going and doing a little historical research on Greenwood, Oklahoma, and understanding what went on there. They are are generally shocked at the amount of brutality and the fact that there were government forces that also participated in the destruction of Greenwood. But again, anytime we can learn and find out information about our history that leads us to become activists, that's a good thing. Rod brought up a good point about about the history and what's going on. And also what Norm said, that we got to love each other. There's a lot of misinformation out there about Black folks not working together, about not supporting each other, why we're not supporting each other. And we want to spend a little time talking about that also, because there are, there are a lot of myths out there about other people's eyes is colder than our eyes. And we need to dispel that myth because it's just not true. You know, Malcolm spoke about Black nationalism, and we have to control the institutions in our community. We have to control the politics in our community. We have to create the jobs in our community. We cannot do that unless we actually have a love of our people. We cannot. So we have to do better. We cannot look for other people to solve our problems. We have to solve them. And that's what I meant by loving each other. You're right. Uh, I got a text where 
somebody was really, really telling me how pleased they were about this initiative of restarting Black Wall Street. And I was telling them that our focus really is for Black folks to start looking inward. We need to start looking inward to solve our own problems because we have the ability, we have the capabilities, but we really got to support each other. And that, and that plays in with, with Noam just talked about the whole loving each other. And what's really been encouraging, and we certainly want you to continue out there in the listening audience to keep your comments coming. But what has really been especially pleasing for us is that people have gone into a mode of deeper thought. So the comments that we've gotten back have not been just the attaboy and and a good job, but we've gotten very thoughtful responses where people have taken the time to write pretty lengthy support letters for what they believe we're doing and how the whole process can work for our community, because that's the focus. What most of the feedback has come to say is that they're just pleased that there is an opportunity for them to get involved. And that's all we were really hoping for more than anything else, is that people would receive what we were proposing as a way to get involved and focus on retaking our own economic responsibility. We have to keep hammering home the point that while there are a lot of different forums that are preaching Black Wall Street, what makes ours unique is that we are addressing it from the perspective of one household at a time. The others are looking to do more of an organizational structure, which is fine. And yet some of the limited amount of pushback that we had was just simply people saying, how are we going to get other members of our community to get past the stereotypes that we can't work together? And so we're going to spend a little bit of time helping our listeners to understand not only why we propose the one household at a time, but also hopefully that you will be able to take that message and also help others to see how we can dispel the myth, the stereotype that we or won't support each other. Yeah. And and I think that's really what holds a lot of black businesses back is the, the fact that there's a lot of lip service to support black businesses, but we're not doing it because we're holding black businesses to a higher standard than we hold other businesses. We're expecting just excellence all the time from black businesses. And we complain about black businesses and we go out and we spread these. If we have a bad experience about with a black business, we go out and we send that about service or whatever the experience is. We do that, but we don't do that to other businesses. And, and why is that? And that's part of the reason that, that uh, black businesses are not being supported because somebody may have a bad experience and they go out and they tell other people and that's amplified when you don't have that many black businesses. But when we go to other businesses and have those experiences, we just kind of shake it off. Okay, well, I just had a bad experience, but I'll be back. Just think about how many times you've been to a restaurant and got bad service or the food wasn't up to par, but you still went back. And how many times you went to a black restaurant and for that particular day, it wasn't as consistent as it was before and you never went back. Well, see, why that's why that? we want to really take on, though, the issue of the historical perspective of why we hold some of those kinds of viewpoints. And first and foremost, we have to always resort to recognizing that this is a 401 
year pattern process of systemic brainwashing that started as soon as they began the enslavement process and taking groups of slaves that they created division amongst us where there were house slaves and they were field slaves. And when they went into the slave house and started to rape our women and create mulatto children, and they started to further create more division in terms of how many of them were able to have even more privileges than some of the house slaves. So it's been a design process. So down through the years, that kind of thinking has been fostered on us in a way that even when we tried to fight back and tried to keep ourselves unified, there was always the strategy from the masters of and the owners of the slave plantations to do everything that they possibly could to keep the slaves themselves, the enslaved people from becoming united. And certainly when you had the insurrections like Nat Turner and Denmark, BC, they became even more focused on finding ways to divide us. And so you, you watch this unbroken chain that came even as we reached into the years of integration. One of the backdrops of integration was that they understood that by taking away our ability to cluster and self-support and bringing us into the larger structure, they could dilute the strength that we had as a community. They further did it with the, the redlining process that allowed the integrated individuals who got education to get an opportunity to move outside of the urban areas and further disconnect. So there's this ongoing process that is there that we have to acknowledge as the reason why we have some of these mindsets. And when we do that and understand first that it did not happen by happenstance, that it was by design, then we can get ourselves in a mindset of saying that we can look at the situations that Scott just described and say, we're not going to allow stereotypes that no other group will allow to propagate in their neighborhoods to stop us. We are, we're the only ethnic group that will take a broad brush and brush our whole community based off a single experience with damaging statements like, that's what happens when you try to deal with your own people. That's what happens when you go to a black business. No other group does that. And that's what we have to understand is that the reason that we do that is not because we don't inherently trust each other. That's not something that you see in the motherland. And so we say, well, then what makes us different? It's that 400-year impact of systemic structural racism. Rod just did an outstanding job, an excellent job, actually, of explaining the, some of the history of where we are today and why we think the way that we think and the way why Black folks treat like each other the way that we treat each other. One of the things that I think that we have to come to grips with is that we've been operating in a system that, like Rod said, this is not, this is by design. We've been operating in a system where we've been thinking and, and we've been participated in it in a way that we think that it's been set up fairly, that the rules apply for us equally, and they don't. This is something, like Rod said, that's been designed, and it's been ingrained into our mentality over a 401-year period of time. You know, you look at it like we were put in this hole. They put us in this ditch, in this big hole, and we was in this hole for 401 years, and we've been conditioned for 401 years. And all of a sudden they said, okay, hey, you want to get out, get out now, compete. 
So we got to get out and compete, and we haven't been given the tools to compete. You know, we haven't been getting, given the training. We haven't been getting the necessary tools. All we know is that people have been telling us that your ice is not as cold as the other person's ice, and what you do is not as as important or as good. And we've been perpetuating that for a long time, and it's time to break, break that cycle. Once you understand the game, yeah. then when you receive that treatment, when you receive bad service, when you when you see something that a black business can improve on, it is then your responsibility to make that known and coach them and help right. them improve in that area. Right. Instead of going out there and spreading misinformation and trying to damage their business, you have right. the opportunity to actually improve it. And see, what I really like about the analogy that you use, Scott, about the whole is because we can certainly help people to visualize that when all of us were in the hole and some of us realized, okay, we had no tools. And if they gave us anything, they gave us a shovel that made the hole worse, but they said to get out. And so some people would start to decide, well, okay, well, maybe if we form like a human chain, we can get ourselves out of here. But what you would have is the white slave masters and the white uh, gerrymandering people and the white conservatives standing on top of the hole saying to some of the folks in the hole, okay, you know what? We're going to help you to get out, but we're going to push the others back down. So we will give you a rope and pull you out. And we'll tell you that you're a little bit better than the others yeah. over there. And so, you know, and that's the kind of give and take that over time, again, we're talking about 401 years. This is not a, a process that happened yesterday. This has been the fact that they've been doing that kind of thing. And at a point, people will start to question, why did such and such get pulled up out of it? And I wasn't. What makes them different? or What makes them better? And the answer is nothing. Like that was just, again, the design to go in and take someone out. Consider the fact that the question of the chicken and the egg actually exists between black consumers and black businesses, which says, which came first, the bad black customer or the bad black service? So we're advocating, as Norm said, all of us have a stake in the black business doing better and the black customer being treated better, as opposed to whichever you experience because they, we've heard from too many black business owners that when black customers come in, they are asking for discounts or asking for things on the, that are free that they would not ask for if they went to others. And we've also heard from black consumers that when they go in, they don't feel like they get the top quality treatment because they can watch other ethnic people come in and get treated better. So both those things are wrong, but instead of either side entrenching themselves in that thinking, Norm, you said it best. They should talk to each other and say, how do we do better? You know, I want to just give a little short story, that experience that I had that speaks directly to what Norm was saying. Uh, at work, you know, they have these food trucks. And I went out there, they had like this Caribbean truck. They had some brothers. I was like, okay, got a brother. They got about 10, 15 trucks lined up. I was like, you know, I'm going to go support these brothers. I'm going to get me some, some peas and rice, callaloo, some oxtails. So I ordered this stuff. And I noticed I went there too because, you know, it was a, a short line. It was like one person in line and all of the other food trucks had like 10, 15 people in line. So I went there. I got my food. I go back to the office and I have a bunch of bones, no really real ox sales. I can't even find one pea in the peas and rice. The callaloo is like slimy. So that means that, you know, it's like it's like old and they masters the taste and the smell with vinegar. So I went back down and I said, look. I told him, I said, you know, 
most people aren't going to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you because what you're doing here is, is wrong and you know it's wrong. I was like, look, this is what you gave me. There's no peas and rice. There's no meat. They were like, okay, well, you know, I can, I can give you some oxtail. I was like, that's not the point. The point is you out here, you're representing black folks. And I said, you gave me this bad food. You gave me some kalaloo. I said, I cook. So I know fresh food. You gave me kalaloo that's boiled. It's old. And you master smell with vinegar. And so one of the brothers was like, well, you know, hey, we, you know, we sold out for today. And uh, I said, yeah, you sold out for today. But take a look at those other people down there. I said, they got, they're lined up. They got people lined up at your truck. There's a reason that people are not coming to your truck. They don't know you sold, almost sold out. It's because if you've been giving them this kind of service, they're not coming back to you. And I wasn't going to come back, but I was like, you know, it's my obligation to tell you. And the other brother was like, you know what? I really appreciate you telling us. I'm sorry that, you know, we was out. And I said, why didn't you just tell me we're out of peas and rice? Why didn't you just tell me that? Why didn't you tell me you was out of oxtails? Why didn't you just give me some bones and, and think that that was okay? And the guy was like, you know what? I really appreciate you telling me that. We're going to clean up our act. That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't have never happened. But those are the kind of things that we got to do. We, we can't be afraid to tell folks that, hey, that's either bad service or the quality of your product is not getting what I'm paying for. Right. And the business owners have to be willing to accept, accept a fair right. critique and right. and understand that that is a part of doing business, which also says that they should realize that we will be more than happy to recommend them when the service is good. And even if they make a mistake, even if they they don't get it right every time out. And as, as Scott, you said earlier, we don't have as many businesses out there. And a lot of times our experience is lacking. So sometimes they're learning as they go. And because they are our people, we need to be ready to try to work along with them. Like I said, that doesn't mean that we have to accept substandard service or substandard product, but it does mean that we should not just automatically swear them off because we had one bad experience and too far too many of us will not only swear off that one truck that you saw, but they will now say, oh, you know, I'm not going to any more black food trucks because right. I had this bad experience at that one. And right. that's what we are saying that when we talk about relaunching Black Wall Street, it is a mindset that starts with each individual. Scott, you gave a great example of exactly how it can work one household at a time. And, and there's an obligation there yeah. on both sides. Yeah. And that's what we have to remember. And Scott, that was a great example. You know, one thing I want to say about uh, relaunching Black Wall Street, I'm pretty excited about it. And uh, we all are is that one of the mistakes, I did some research also for Dr. Martin that was on our show a couple of weeks ago. And we wanted to take a look at why black businesses were not succeeding the way other small businesses were. And one of the main things was, was a lack of capital. And we know that the lack of capital is, is a problem when it comes to starting a business and maintaining that business. And there are a lot of roadblocks for that. And, and one of them is the Small Business Administration, I mean, it's documented that they don't give us the loans. We get rejected more often than other, other businesses, other ethnic groups, and we don't get approved for as much money. But one of the things that I found out was, and I think that hurt us a lot, is that we don't reach out for mentorship and we don't get the training. So we'll start a business. A lot of us have a lot of, have good ideas about businesses and we'll go, you know, that's a good idea. That's a good business. I know it'll work, but we don't have the research. We haven't done 
any kind of feasibility study. We haven't done anything to say that this is a good location. We don't have the data to say that people want this business. We just think that it's a good idea to us. And we jump out there and we open it and we haven't gotten mentorship. We hadn't got the proper training. And that's one of the things that I think we got to focus on too and have people focus on in relaunching like Wall Street is that you got to make sure you got your ducks in the row. You got to make sure that you got the proper training that you can get some one-on-one mentorship in that particular business that you're trying to run, even if you have to go to some type of entrepreneurship program. And we will definitely be bringing in some business experts to address those very kinds of issues because you're absolutely right that there has been a lack of access to those kind of services, even though we realize that our tax dollars say that the Small Business Administration and other groups like SCORE are supposed to provide those mentoring services. But in lieu of that, we'll do our best to help connect business owners and business advisors with the people with business ideas so that they can receive the assistance that they need to have a greater chance at success. Well, that's it for another edition of The Brothers Talk. We want to thank each and every one of you for spending some time with us, and we look forward to sharing with you again next week. Remember to join us on Facebook at Relaunching Black Wall Street Nationwide. And also remember you can follow us on Twitter at The Brothers Talk, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name. And if you want to go long form and share more of your critical comments around this initiative, as well as anything else you think of, feel free to reach us at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. In parting, as always, we say let's do better today because that's really all we have.